podcraft. This episode is sponsored by Still Point Wellness. I love Still Point Wellness. I love the staff. I love their services. They offer a very unique spa experience in Asheville. All of their services are designed to help you unplug from the stresses of today's modern world. And boy, do we all need that. They do it through services like saltwater flotation, also known as sensory deprivation, the world-renowned Esalen massage, cranial sacral therapy, and somatic psychology. They are locally owned and operated by my dear friends, Corey Costanzo and Robin Fan Costanzo. Corey is a somatic therapist and he teaches mindfulness meditation courses. And Robin is an internationally renowned massage instructor who was actually inducted into the Massage World Hall of Fame. Their highly skilled massage staff have each trained under Robin and each earned full certification to practice Esalen Massage. I love Esalen Massage. I know it. I'm an Esalen Massage practitioner. It is a fantastic massage. Together, Koi and Robin have created a world-class experience in understanding the mind-body connection through deep relaxation. So contact them at stillpointwell.com or call 828-348-5372. And don't forget to mention discount code PREPO to get 10% off your first float and first Esalen massage. I really believe that you're going to love the experience. One of the first things that we can do for the speaker to feel that they are being heard is to take an interest in them, to really be curious. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prebo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the episode of The Art of Listening. And before I tell you a little bit about it, I want to mention a couples workshop that my wife, Ivana Rainbow, and I are going to be giving in Asheville on Sunday, November 11th from 10 o'clock till 5.30. It's a couples workshop called The Power of Appreciation. It's a fantastic workshop. It's one of our bread and butter workshops. So if you're not in Asheville, come and visit our beautiful city. If you are in Asheville, we would love to see you. So you can... Look at my website, heartsharecounseling.com, and contact me for more information on registration. It's limited, so um, if you can get there, if you want to sign up, just give us a contact. So today's monologue is the art of listening, and I talk about uh, many of the essential skills to not only be a good listener, but to be a very good listener, and also what things get in the way of that. So this is especially focused for partnership, but a lot of the things I talk about and the skills for it can overlap into any kinds of relationships. So we're going to be covering many topics, and just a few are things like listening with empathy, of course, and from your heart, being present, 
being present in your body, being curious and interested, reflective listening, monitoring your own self-talk. So there's going to be many, many areas that I'm going to talk about. So I hope you enjoy listening to the art of listening. Hey everyone, so today's episode, it's going to be focused on the art of listening, and it's kind of ironic because I'm going to be doing a monologue on this one. It's just me today, nobody else, so I'm going to be talking about the art of listening, all the skills, the challenges that it comes to be a a better listener, because I believe everybody can become a better listener. So the one thing that you all are doing so well out there is that you're not really responding to me because you can't. (laughs) And that could be one aspect of a good tool to actually practice when you want to become a better listener is to really give yourself that discipline that you're not going to respond, that you're going to just really pay attention. So we're going to be talking about many things that are beneficial in order to become a better listener, what gets in the way and how relationships are influenced by the aspect of listening. You know, that's the one thing that many couples come to me in my practice to talk about. They want to better their communication skills. And either one or both of them really have a challenge of listening well. I heard over and over again that one partner says, I don't feel I'm heard. I don't feel that my partner really listens to me. What do they mean by that? Do they mean that their partner is not listening to the exact words that they're saying? Are they listening to the intent, the emotion? Are they being empathetic? One way that people feel that they are being heard is cues like nods of the head or reflections back or even inquiry. I think one of the first things that we need to establish in order to become a very good listener is to have the intent to understand. Stephen Covey uh, said it in one of his books. He talked about true listening is the intent to understand, not the intent to reply. So if I need to be a really good listener, I got to be curious and interested in the speaker not interested in my own self-talk, not interested in my reply to what they're saying, or just to have the speaker think that I'm following them by just constantly making comments about what they're saying. A lot of people, for instance, if one speaker is saying, oh, I had a wonderful time in Italy, by the way, I did. I just got back from, from Italy and Europe, had a wonderful trip with my family. And I know that when I've told that to people that uh, I was either going to Italy or I had a wonderful time in Italy, a lot of the responses are, oh, I went to Italy. And they start telling me about their experience in, in Italy and their trip. They're not asking me about mine. They're not 
allowing me to finish my stories because they want to tell their story. But it's also a way to have people feel that there's a commonality if they say, I went to Italy also. But it actually does cut off the speaker's process of really being heard, of being understood that somebody is taking an interest in them. One of the first things that we can do for the speaker to feel that they are being heard is to take an interest in them, to really be curious. We have to do that with not just our ears, but we have to also do it with our heart. Because a lot of times people are talking about their emotional world. That's a tremendous gift to give to somebody, to listen with the ears of the heart. That's being fully present with the other person, truly taking in and drinking in what they're saying, as well as what they're not saying. Paying attention to body language is so crucial. When I think about somebody listening from the heart, I'm biased. I think about my wife. People that know her know how deep of a listener she is. She also listens through her eyes, I call it. She has these big, beautiful eyes that she's so present with you when you're speaking. And then she'll open them wide and take a deep breath and take your words in. I remember a story many years ago. One of my dear friends was talking to her and he was pouring his guts out to her and he was talking and he was talking kind of fast and my wife was listening to him and I think he said something to the effect of, so are you hearing me? Are you getting it? Do you understand me? And she looked at him wide-eyed and she just kind of nodded and said, no, but I feel you. And he said that he felt this, oh, wow, that's interesting. I've been felt. So she has a felt sense when she's listening. I think that's listening from our heart. So also another way of saying that is being an empathetic listener, to listen with empathy, to really try to understand what that person is feeling so that you can understand them, that you can have empathy. Huge positive skill in any relationship, especially intimate partnerships, being empathetic with your partner. So empathic listening, it's an active experience. It's not being passive and just sitting back and being distracted. That's the other thing that we have to really look out for is being distracted, especially by our own self-talk. When somebody is speaking, are we thinking, it was Tuesday, not Wednesday. Are we trying to correct what they're saying? Are we being judgmental? Or are we just thinking about on the drive home, what do we have to pick up before we go home? Are we really being distracted? So active listening, one of the main things for that is being really present. You have to cultivate presence, being able to breathe, feel your body, not be agitated that you got to be somewhere else, your own self of your self-worth and self-confidence so that you're not trying to prove yourself to even interrupt somebody. Because, you know, when you interrupt somebody, they have to attend to your agenda. They have to answer your questions. So you get them out of the groove. And not just out of the groove, you get them out of their truth. If you allow people to speak and not interrupt them, then they get to, I call it, speak their truth and find their truth as they're speaking. 
I know for me, at times when I get uninterrupted speech, I get to feel what's behind some of my thoughts and words that I call it a little bit of a trap door that if I'm giving this opportunity to even pause without somebody have to interject, some thoughts or feelings kind of surface that they wouldn't normally surface because I'm given the sense to really feel what's underneath my truth. And then I get to speak it. And of course, there's this back and forth that can take place with good listening skills. It's not just being quiet, but it's asking questions, being non-judgmental. You can paraphrase. You can say, can I just pause for a second? I want to reflect back what I'm hearing. That's called reflective listening. There's communication tools that I help people do when they have really challenging communication issues of interrupting each other, blaming each other, they're not being heard. One thing is just to pause and just say, I'd like to reflect back what it is that I heard. And then they reflect back, they paraphrase. I think that's a good good skill to have at times because I know there's been incidents in the past when I wanted to really be heard and I didn't feel that I was being heard by someone. And I asked them, so did you hear what I'm saying? And they said, yep, you think that I'm an asshole. And I said, no, I didn't say that. I said that I was upset with what you did. Those are two very different things. If that person would have reflected that back to me, I could have set them on a different road. I could have set them more straight with what my truth was. And then I would know that they would hear me if they reflected back what it is that I said. So I don't think that it's just enough to say, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. What do you hear? <laughs> that would be really good to say exactly what it is that you hear. Because most people say, I hear you, and then they come with their response of what it is of their opinion of what they want to say. Remember, the speaker needs to be understood first before they have room to understand you. That's an important thing to remember, especially in an emotional conversation. When two people are vying for the stage, I call it, nobody's going to be heard. You got to give one person stage. Let them have the spotlight. Let them feel acknowledged and validated for what it is that they're feeling, what their experience is. And remember, if you validate and acknowledge somebody, it has nothing to do whether you're agreeing with them. You're not agreeing with them. You're just validating their experience. They are an expert of their experience, especially their emotions. There's many times I tell men especially, hey, if your wife says the sky's green, ask her what shade of green is it? Don't say there's no green sky. We'll look it up in Wikipedia. She sees a green sky. There's a green sky. Be interested in her experience. Be interested in the person's experience, especially emotionally. Hey, in this day of age, don't be looking at your cell phone either when somebody's talking to you, especially when your partner's talking to you. That's a big one, isn't it? I, I'm also at fault with that. A lot of things I'm saying, I'm trying to be a better listener. I think I'm a fairly good listener because the work that I do, being a counselor, I really have to hone in those skills. I do that every day, so that's a big focus of mine. Sometimes I get lazy, especially when I'm home. 
So things like looking at your cell phone, looking at the computer, look up, make eye contact. That's the one thing that people will really know that they're being heard is when you're making eye contact with them. Instead of yelling across the room, looking at your screens, and nodding your head, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. That's a good episode, isn't it, for the future? The addictions of the screens. We're going to have that, how that affects relationships, definitely. But be present when somebody's speaking to you. As much as you can, devote your whole attention to the speaker. You know, being mindful means being present in the moment and paying attention to what's happening right now. In a conversation, this means also observing, again, your own stuff, your own self-talk while they are telling their story. You can become aware of the subtle changes in their voice. I love at times when I'm paying attention to even their facial movements. I love looking at my son and his beautiful eyes and his eyebrows and when he's speaking. I just love just looking at him. And therefore, I'm also being very present, taking in all of him when he's speaking. You also want to take in the words that they use and the emotions that they experience. And observe your own thoughts again. That's so important, but from a distance. And resist the temptation to engage them. That's a big one. Risking the temptations to engage your own thoughts that will interrupt the speaker's train of thought. But interrupting, I think, is one aspect of engaging and, again, inquiry and curiosity and asking questions to bring out more of what the speaker is saying that they truly know than you are listening. Here's a big one. Resist the urge to fill moments of silence. How about that? That can be really uncomfortable for some people, especially people that are talkaholics. Boy, you know those people, right? You might be one of them. Constantly having to fill the void of the moment. There's no space. There are different types of silence, and respecting quiet moments can be a powerful tool for a deep conversation. If you find this difficult, you can encourage the other person to continue by asking open questions such as, hey, tell me more about what just happened or tell me more. It's a good one for men. Honey, tell me more. Is there more? But never underestimate the power of the ability to tolerate silence in a good conversation because then that's you can tune in and truly listen from the heart from there. You're picking up nonverbal cues. You're allowing the moment. And even if it's uncomfortable, some of you have heard this phrase, get comfortable with the uncomfortable. And that can be silent moments and pauses in conversations. It's vulnerable just looking at somebody in silence, not having to fill the void, looking at, at them through your eyes with understanding or empathy. Luckily, we can actually train our listening just like any other skills. We can listen to the sounds around us when we're outside, sound of a barking dog, sound of birds, even, of course, the wind. I know that sounds silly, but that's honing in your listening skills. But in relationship, it's wonderful to listen to your significant other's voice, not only to the words, but to the sounds under them. 
the emotions carried in the harmonics of their voice. I love listening to my wife's voice. Just love it. It's soothing. It's always been soothing. So I love just listening to the sound of her voice. Sometimes maybe that distracts me. I don't get to really listen to the words, but I'm picking up the feelings around her, what's going on underneath. And if I ever felt distracted, I told you, hey, honey, I'm just really enjoying your voice. I didn't listen to what the words that you were saying. I don't think we would have a fight about that. I think she would actually love that. I need to try that. You know, that's another thing. I think it's way more honest and more beneficial in your relationships to find yourself drifting away and being distracted and actually call yourself out and say, you know, I just want to pause for a second. I found that my, my mind was drifting away and I just missed the last few words or the last few sentences that you said. Do you mind repeating yourself? I want to make sure that I really heard you. I bet the person that you're talking with will really appreciate that because you're being honest and it shows that you do have an intent to really understand. I do that sometimes in my counseling sessions. What I actually do is I'll say to somebody, hey, you know, I just need to pause for a second. A lot of my attention is going to my bladder right now and I really want to hear what you're saying. So I need to just go to the bathroom for a minute. I'll be right back. And people really appreciate that. They want me to be present. They're paying me to be present, but they really want me to be present and being honest so I'm not being distracted. You have to know when you're being distracted and call yourself out on it. That's a wonderful tool, to know when you're distracted and actually name it, not shame yourself for it, not blame yourself for it, but because you have the intent to really want to understand that you really want to hear, that's why you're letting that person know. Or for most men, they get overwhelmed very fast. A lot of men get overwhelmed very fast, especially when it comes to emotional content. So it's much more beneficial for a man to say, you know, hon, I just got to pause you for a second. I feel that I'm getting overwhelmed right now. I've been listening to you and I have a hard time listening to what you're saying. Can we pause right now? And so I can digest what you're saying and then come back to it. Can we come back to it in an hour? A lot of men are listening going, there's no way I'm going to say that. Actually, your partner would love if you said that. If you would actually say, wow, I feel like I'm getting flooded right now. Or I can feel that my cup is full. Can we pause right now? I really want to be able to be present and take it in. That's really listening from the heart. Because listening from the heart again means that you really want to hear not only the words of what the person is saying, everything behind it. You're listening compassionately. And that's actually a compassionate thing to say for yourself that you're actually getting overwhelmed. It's a truthful thing to say. And of course, relationships dies in lies and thrives in truth. So if you're being truthful that you're being overwhelmed and you can't really hear what's going on, you're being distracted, it's one of the best things to say to your partner. But remember, don't say, we'll get back to it later. Say when you'll get back to it. Name a time. Say the next time that you're going to get back and make sure you're the one that comes back to your partner and said, 
I'm ready now, hon. I'd like to finish our conversation. Oh, I said at seven o'clock we would come back, and at seven o'clock, would you like to finish what, what you're saying? I'd, I'm available now to hear you. That's being a compassionate listener. That's being a kind partner. That's being a skillful partner. That's listening carefully. We're telling them that we care about what they're saying. It's also important to remember that listening is contagious. When we listen to others, then there's chances that they will be even more inclined to listen to us more deeply, right? You can inspire each other. By being a good listener, you're going to be more apt to raise the bar for your partner to also be a better listener. I know that when my wife is being such a good listener, it's inspiring for me to be a better listener. And when I do interrupt, I love when she just doesn't get angry or she doesn't get agitated and she just says, hey, you're interrupting me right now. I want to finish what I'm speaking. And now I'm going to talk about probably the number one enemy or the number one obstacle that really gets in the way that a lot of people are at fault for this. A lot of men are. And that is trying to fix the other person or trying to fix the problem. Ding, 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 right? How many of you out there are saying, yep, I hate when that happens? I do too, especially when I'm not asking for that. So it could be very beneficial that even before you speak, to even say to the listener, hey, I'm going to speak a little bit here right now, and I don't want you to try to fix anything. I don't want you to try to solve anything. I just want you to listen. Give them a job description. You can even say, I want you to be silent until I'm finished. Or you could say, I'd like you at times to reflect back that you heard me. As the listener, you can do the same thing. You can say, hey, you know, before you start speaking, I'd like to know, what, what do you want from me? Do you want me to just listen? Do you want me to respond with any resolution? Do you want me to give you any advice? Do you want me to paraphrase some things? So right now you're setting yourself up again with a good job description. Instead of it happening while you're speaking and the one or both of you getting upset because the intent that what you wanted to happen didn't happen because there wasn't clarity. So it's good to get clarity up front to make an agreement. As a listener, what do you want from me? That could save a lot of arguments and conflict. A lot of times when people are talking and maybe they get interrupted or their partner is trying to fix it, boom, the wall goes up and they close down and they say, forget it. I don't want you to fix anything. Well, they could have also said that in the beginning of what their intent was, what their desire, what their need was. Practice that. That could save a lot of headaches. And remember, the people that want to fix things, especially if we're going to be talking about men, you know, men's brains are, we go after incongruency. We see something that doesn't fit, we want to fix it. So when a woman is talking and feeling at the same time, which most women do, a lot of men don't do that, talk and feel at the same time, we want to fix what we don't see that makes sense. Instead of allowing women to well-round it off by thinking and feeling and then we can validate and acknowledge what it is that they're saying, and they'll end up figuring it out at the end. 
So I know a lot of times it's challenging to just kind of sit back and listen to something that you might not agree with. You don't have to agree with anything. Just try to understand it. And for those people who feel that they've got to fix it, they've got to solve it to feel actually adequate, watch that. That actually you're listening to feel adequate instead of listening for the benefit of the speaker. A lot of times people that try to fix it, they feel that they have no value unless they're solving something. I'll tell you, you will have tremendous value if you're giving that person that space to feel heard, validated, and acknowledged, and just to express their experience. That's an intimate moment. Intimacy is to be known and to know. That's what you can create with the tools that will benefit your listening skills. That's what you can create by being a good listener, by being a compassionate listener, an empathetic listener. Isn't that what the old adage is of why people come to therapists? Because they want to be heard. They want to tell their story. They're paying for a professional listener because a lot of times they don't have that in their life. And they can listen to themselves and their own story and have it reflected back to them, have questions about it so they can inquire it. Listening and empathy skills are the hallmarks of good communicators, leaders, and therapists. Listening skills can be learned, but the reality is some people just tend to be better listeners than others. But you can better your skills. One other skill to have when you're listening, breathe. Take it in. Take in what they're saying, even in your breath, take it in. And also it allows you to be more present, right? That's what meditators use. They use the breath to stay present. So especially when you're in your self-talk, catch it, take a breath that will cut off the cognizant process in the moment, and then you can re-engage and be curious and interested in what the person is doing. Probably 20 seconds later, you're in your self-talk again, take a nice breath, cut off that process, and be curious again. But also breathing will take away from the tenseness of your body so that you can be more fully present in your body. And people actually feel that on a subtle level. The speaker is going to feel that your physical body is actually listening when you're more relaxed. If you're tensed up and not breathing, those are also signs that you're just waiting to respond. This deep listening, both people in a relationship can flourish more as individuals when they know they are fully seen and heard for who they truly are. It's authentic connection between individuals that will strengthen the authenticity of each person and the relationship. So you can create a deep and authentic connection. And aren't real connections the substance of a meaningful life? Hopefully you want more. A meaningful and authentic life. I know I still don't always listen deeply. It's a challenging process to turn around all the typical ways of listening. But I know it requires vulnerability. It requires the desire of growth. 
It's also about putting yourself aside for a moment as the listener. It takes vulnerability. You got to think and maybe even say, because I only have ears for you. See, that's pretty vulnerable. Singing to all you out there, huh? I'm trying to better those skills. I'll get there. Don't be afraid to take risks, especially in these communication tools. Take the risk to be a better listener. So I'm going to review some of the things that I said so you guys really got that out there. So here are some tips that I spoke about for becoming a better listener. Cultivate empathy. One aspect of cultivating empathy is you have to have a good vocabulary of feeling words. You have to understand what the person is saying when they're speaking their emotional world. Try to put yourself in the heart and the mind of the speaker. Listen for meaning. One way of doing that is notice the speaker's tone and inflection, the nonverbal cues. Pay attention to the feelings that are associated with the word. Avoid making judgments. That's a good one. Got to really watch your judgments. In your own self-talk, that's another one. Watch your self-talk so it doesn't get in the way of you being present. You can repeat in your own words what someone has told you. That's reflective listening. Remember to look into the other's eyes when they're speaking. That let them know that you're paying attention. And that's an intimate and vulnerable connection moment. And it's also being respectful. Notice the automatic thoughts popping into your head as you listen. Do your best to let them go and come back to listening and being curious. You can also ask questions if necessary. But keep them genuine and open rather than trying to change the subject or talk about yourself. Let your questions gently deepen the conversation of what the person is saying to you, not what you want to say to them. Let go of trying to solve the problem or giving the person advice. Stop doing anything else. Close the computer. Pause the TV. Put the cell phone down. Pay attention to the speaker. Deep listening is healing. Through deep listening, true communication occurs. By deeply listening, you can help the speaker feel a great sense of release and let go of frustrations, anxieties, sadness. But most of all, to be known, to be met. People want to be met especially in relationships, especially in partnerships. We want to feel met by a partner. One way is to be truly heard and understood is to be met. So if you desire a happier life, a happier relationship, then listening well is one of the best ways to get what you want. Through listening, you learn. So another offshoot of being a good listener is being a generous conversationalist. You're giving room for the person to really speak. I have a very good friend who's a very generous conversationalist. He really knows how to give space to what I'm saying. 
I have another friend that there's times that when we're on the phone to have a conversation, we start off the conversation and say, hey, how much time do we got? Let's say we have a half hour. We'll say, okay, 15 minutes apiece. You go first. And in that 15 minutes when he's going first, that's my listening skills. I'm inquiring. I'm being interested. I'm not bringing in any of my stuff, giving him the space. When 15 minutes are up, he gives me that time. That's having a really generous conversation. Very satisfying. So everybody, I just want to say thanks for listening. Make yourselves a beautiful day. Relationships. Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed professional counselor Prepo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk at adithemonk.com. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is produced by PodCraft. Create your own great podcast today, faster and easier at podcraft.us. Thank you.